This is Social Media Unlocked, episode number five. Do you consider TikTok a social media platform? 100%. I think anybody who doesn't, doesn't understand social media. Mm-hmm. The best advice is create every day. I know it's like vague, but it, that that's all it is. It's find something, what can I do with the resources that I have? It's time we had an honest conversation about social media. This is Heather Pink, your host of Social Media Unlocked. After spending years producing TV and running social media for the NFL, I started my own social media consulting agency. And well, I wanna talk and teach more about social media. Through each podcast, I hope to bring you a new perspective on social media through influencers, brands, content creators, and more. So that way it can help you with your personal brand, your brand's content, collaborations, and well, just being more knowledgeable about social media. When I told a friend I was interviewing a TikTok influencer and content creator for this podcast, they asked me, what's TikTok? So then I knew. I had to do an episode partially on TikTok. It's not every day that another app reaches social media status or stardom, but TikTok might be one of the outliers of this decade. So this episode, we dive more into TikTok. What is it, who's on it, and how brands should actually get involved with the ever-creative and influencer of TikTok, Denver McQuaid. He takes us behind the scenes of how he's gotten his following, what it takes to create elite-level content, and much more. I'm super excited to have this person on. Every time someone asks me who does social right, I actually pull up your Instagram account. Really? Yes, I do. I have Denver McQuaid. He is a social media creator, and he specializes in visual effects and graphics, and mm-hmm. most well-known on TikTok and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Denver, thank you so much. You welcomed me into your home, so I appreciate Absolutely. that. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Hi-Fi Studio. Um, so th- the one thing that I really want to hit home is uh, TikTok with you because people are like, is it a social media platform? What mm-hmm. do people do with it? Yeah. You're, you're an influencer on TikTok. So yeah. help, help people understand and navigate a little bit of TikTok. So I always say TikTok is the Gen Z vine. And when I say that, people go, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, you know, cause Vine was huge for my generation. Uh, it came out in 2013, popped off in 2014. 2014 is when I graduated high school. So through the first couple years of college, it was big. Um, and then, you know, obviously it, it died its pitiful death and there's a a lot of stuff into that. I don't know all the details, but I know more than the general public in that. Um, we don't have to go down that road, but uh, basically there's been a billion apps. I've been a part of some that have all tried to replace that. TikTok is the first app where I wholeheartedly am like, yeah, they did it. Why? Because they, they figured it out. So one little, uh, 30 second history on TikTok. TikTok used to be called Musical.ly. However, TikTok has existed longer than they just celebrated their one year anniversary on August 2nd. It's existed longer than that. TikTok and Musical.ly were the exact same app. Musical.ly was the Western version. TikTok was the Eastern version over in Asia. Basically, same exact app, different internet regulations. That's what it was. Uh, literally just over a year ago, they were like, screw that. We're going to become one app called TikTok. Mm-hmm. We went, Musical.ly went from 100 million active users to 500 million active users literally overnight. And I was like, you know what? That's a really good time to like put a lot more time and energy into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already labeled a popular creator, which is kind of their like verified, they have verified and popular creators. Even like people at TikTok, they're like, they mean the same thing, but we just have two different names. Just, uh, we just do, they're combining it eventually. It's the same thing. Um, so I was already a popular creator on Musical.ly, uh, came over to TikTok, but I always kind of like, I didn't put a lot of time and energy into it. And I was like, okay, now's the time to do it. So, 
uh, TikTok has taken off. They, um, what's funny is, you know how the internet memes can be born and die within 24 hours mm-hmm. and it'll take off for months and whatever it is. Well, everybody was hating on TikTok because TikTok advertised like crazy. They had, I mean, it was everywhere. I was on the app and I was annoyed at how much I was seeing <laughs> their logo, um, but it worked. And everybody was making jokes about it. And it's even this meme now of like, we all download this app to make fun of it. And now it's our entire lives. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was on it before, but didn't put a lot of energy into it. Decided to put more energy into it. Started to take off, started to get some contacts within uh, TikTok themselves. Uh, and then when I quit my job at Solve and Snapchat in March, I was like, you know Congrats, what? by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was... Uh, I've met a lot of really cool people there, learned a lot, um, but it was time to move on. Yeah. I, I've showcased, I just released my new reel. Uh, a lot of my work from Solve is in there. Um, not a lot. We did about 100 episodes. I probably featured about 10. But yeah, so I, I quit. I decided to put a lot more time into social media as well as just doing one-on-one client work um, and going from there. So, but back to why TikTok has kind of been the new vine. They had a very, very, very incredibly young audience. I didn't have the analytics back when it was musically, but I would say safe bet. I had like 40,000 followers back then. Um, back then when? A uh, f- year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. Do you so think like that middle of that, 18. Because I remember Snapchat, even my mm-hmm. sister, who's four years younger than me, mm-hmm. she is still actively on Snapchat. Do you think that that's yeah. like the same demographic as this younger demo? Yeah, so... Yes and no. Snapchat is honestly alive because of nudes and dating. That's that's <laughs> the blatantly honest truth of it. Um, granted, their stock has gone from less than $5 a share to peaking around $16, $17 a share. So they just announced today they're trying to make a billion dollars in debt to buy up all this other stuff. Literally just came out today. Um, so there's that. But that's the honest truth of why Snapchat is like still relatively relevant. That and their filters. But there was such a young audience on TikTok and TikTok's whole thing is we need to age up our audience. We need to get that more 18 plus audience because then we're going to be taken seriously by mm-hmm. the public. We're going to be taken seriously by honestly, I mean, that that age group of people, no matter the generation, that age group drives so much of society in what's popular in the trend. They drive a lot of pop culture. But they don't all, but they don't necessarily always are the ones buying stuff. Maybe that's part Absolutely of the problem. Not. It's like the not yeah i mean because however that can always come later of course yeah that can come later because i was at a conference and someone said that we need to stop treating millennials like they're kids Mm -hmm. because they're not anymore millennials are buying houses and i'm 23 they're buying houses right Uh now and that's a huge difference where people oh those millennials like that's not the case anymore we're we're now starting to become the spending public but tiktok Mm -hmm. that sort of audience isn't there yet but they're trying to get there yeah it's it's primarily a lot of creators are close to my age. They're between, you know, um, some are like 18 up to, you know, some are in their like 30s as well. So the creators typically are older. Um, however, the audience is still I've got cousins that are still in the single digits of ages and they're on there and they're big fans. Um, but yeah, there there's a wide range of teenagers on there as well. Um, I think what they're and this is just me speaking. This isn't anything I've heard from TikTok. I think that age demographic drives pop culture in society especially with social media i mean the the trends the memes all that stuff that age demographic does it so the second that the teenagers kind of flipped on making fun of tiktok to being on it 
TikTok became this massive thing that everybody was about. And nobody really, I mean, people might make fun of it, like, you know, one-on-one the friends, but no one's making fun of how much they see the ads anymore because you kind of don't because everybody's already on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you consider TikTok a social media platform? 100%. I think anybody who doesn't, doesn't understand social media. Where do you think it ranks? I know I'm asking you. Uh-huh. Granted, maybe it's not fair. Yeah. But where do you think that it ranks amongst the other social media platforms right now? Um, let's see. I think, you know, there, there could be a whole deep dive into that. But I think there's basically the big hitters right now are Instagram, Snapchat made a comeback, a pretty solid one, Twitter, and TikTok. Now, I leave out Facebook because my generation... The only reason I have a Facebook is so that my family and friends who are above the age of like 35 can see my stuff and I can basically keep track of like people went to high school when their birthdays are so I can like maybe unfriend them. Um, If I like them, (laughs) if I like them, I don't. But, you know, you bullied me in high school and I friended you when I was like 15. I don't really care anymore. Um, But that's honestly all it is. And, you know, I've got grandparents and aunts and uncles that live in like, you know, various states. That's the only reason I have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I had it in college because I threw house parties and we did like Facebook events and fun little quirky things with that. That's the only reason I have Facebook. Um, and you know, Facebook owns Instagram, so they have all my information anyway. We're all screwed anyway. Um, but you know, Instagram is what it is. I think what Instagram's doing with their playing with hiding likes and followers um, there's definitely pros and cons to it. A lot of people are like, oh my God, the influencers are losing their mind. We're not because we still have all the analytics on our side. So if you don't see that my photo got 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 likes, it's fine. Because if you hit me up and you're like, okay, you have this many followers, wh- what's your engagement? What do you do? Okay, well, here's the spreadsheet. I can literally just like screenshot on my phone. Here are all of my followers. Here are all the likes I get. Here's all the engagement. But I don't it's think fine. everybody, every influencer is like you. And Every smart one is. Uh-huh. And even the influencers I talk to, uh-huh. I'm like, keep track of everything. Yeah. Because would you say that that's, that's all important? In the app. Oh, 100%. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I get hit up. I literally every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. Oh, do you want 50,000 followers by this week? No. Oh, well, if you pay me 200 bucks, you can get it. Great, dude. You have 50,000 followers and get nine likes. Yeah. Like, it's not about the follower count. It's not about the likes, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, when you're pitching to me that you're this big social media, like, oh, we get real active organic followers. And then you have like three likes on your stock image photo. Do no. And all it is, is that's a scam or whatever. But a lot of people, the point that I'm making is a lot of people worry about the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, how many followers do I have? And yeah, I have follower goals and blah, blah, blah. But like, it also, it doesn't matter if you can't capitalize on it. And it's not, oh, how can I make all my followers give me money? Blah, blah, blah. It's not that. It's how can I, you know, am I making content that people like? Because every thousand followers I get, if my likes don't increase, if my views don't increase, then just because they're following me, that doesn't mean I'm making good content because they don't like it. And brands aren't going to come to me because I'm not making good content. I'm not going to get new clients because they're realizing, okay, you have all this clout, but you can't do anything with it. Yeah. So um, you're right. Not a lot of people think that way. I think that's because I come from an industry side first and I use social media as a business card and a portfolio. I always tell people that especially potential clients Mm -hmm. that you can't just see social as a place to find new clients at times you have Mm -hmm. to also think of it as a form of credibility it's just as important as a website absolutely you can have both and you should have both Mm -hmm. like what you just said Mm -hmm. it's just like your business card what is the importance that's been to you Uh, it's been huge um what's funny is right before we were doing this we were talking about um ninja warrior so i was on set 
uh, one night working with one of the hosts and filming some stuff. And I just happened to be standing on the sidelines shooting some crowd uh, things. And a guy came up to me thinking I was part of the crew. And I wasn't because I was working one-on-one with the host. I wasn't part of like the whole universal organization. Um, and he's like, oh, are, you know, are you a cinematographer? Do you shoot? And I was like, eh, kind of, sort of. Like, you know, I got a camera, yeah. He goes, oh, what's your Instagram? Pulled it up. And I had already had 10K at that point. And he goes, oh, who are you? What do you do? How can I get your information? Nothing else. And you've grown a lot since I since I first met you then. Or yeah. since, uh, you know, well, you can say, I mean, Akbar, but like uh-huh. since Akbar's, um, you know, manager, mm-hmm. Alexi, showed me your Instagram account. Right. You've grown a lot since then. Yeah, I've grown a lot on TikTok and Instagram since then. Uh, it's been pretty crazy. I gained 10K and then in like a month or two, I was passing 25k which was yeah. phenomenal like i said it's not all about the numbers but what the, like my engagement, but it gives you credibility too exactly. like it, it's like a, a checks it's and balance huge. of i need good content i do mm-hmm. need some followers and i need engagement and then you have that mix and then you're actually you feel more credible yeah i get i get companies and people in my dms wanting to work all the time and um you know there's some good offers some most are horrible offers uh, but at the very least, it is that amount of credibility. I was uh, playing basketball last night with an executive producer for a studio I've done some work with out here. I actually interned with them a couple of years ago. Um, and literally, I walked in the door and was just like lacing up my shoes. And I could overhear him. He's already telling people, oh, he's got 100K on TikTok. And this is da, 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 which is like cool. But also like all the people, especially if you don't have any um, experience in social media, immediately like, OK, dope. What do you do? Who are you? How can I work with you? Um, now, again, it's not about the numbers. You shouldn't directly see a number and be like, they're huge. But he but wouldn't be bragging about you if it wasn't authentic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that's the difference. And I I wholeheartedly hope that when people come across my profile, they they see that. Mm-hmm. They don't see that, you know, I've bought followers or bought likes because I haven't. I genuinely have not. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. Um, you know, that was big back in the YouTube days. All the all the before SoundCloud was a thing, all the YouTube rappers would buy, you know, 10,000 subscribers and get 30 views on a video and you're like, it doesn't really work. Exactly. Yeah. So you just talked about brands. Um, I do Mm want to circle back to, and I'm sure this isn't the first time we're going to circle back to TikTok. That's fine. You just put TikTok above Facebook and as a major player for social media, how Mm -hmm. in your mind do brands get involved with TikTok? How do they and how should they? Because maybe they're separate, um, but it's, it's slowly it's a slow pace. You know how big corporate companies are. They do everything you could do in a week. They do in a year and a half. Um, so it's slow. It's happening. But I don't think they understand it. So take one company uh-huh. and put Let, them through Let's it. take a big size company. Let's do Starbucks. Okay. Because That's a good one. Because Starbucks has indirectly gotten free advertising on TikTok. Um and they must be just reaping in the benefits. You know how Netflix had the whole Netflix and chill meme that they, there's a term for it and I can't think of it, but it's literally when like you have this big business sensation and you did nothing for it. But like Netflix subscriptions grew subst- like substantially expi- yeah, and huge. it wasn't something that they did. It wasn't something they did. Um, Starbucks has done the same thing because people would live stream and they're sipping their Starbucks because, you know, they're Gen Z kids or, you know, whatever. And they like to go have their Kappa Frappa Mocha Chino. <laughs> I'm a very frequent Star Wars Star Wars drinker, um, so clearly I know <laughs> what I'm talking about. But but the whole thing is is like oh my god, my favorite TikToker or favorite musically person back in the day, like they drink this Starbucks drink. I need to go get it. So then they do, and I don't know if Starbucks has hit up anybody like hey, drink this on your stream and like da 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 da. But 
that's all you have to do. People that live stream, people, if people hit me up, yo, if you can make a Starbucks drink, drink itself and refill it, like a cool little, even yeah. a stop motion effect, throw it up there. Great. Now I've got all my followers see that. Like that's all Starbucks needs to do. Hey, we'll give you this amount of money. Go to your local Starbucks, do this thing. If it performs at these, you know, metrics. Do you think it's important with how it's portrayed? Absolutely. Um, now the brand work I have done is I've had some that are really like, here's the product, do whatever you want. I've had some that like, you have to say these exact words. You can't use any other products. You can't do blah, 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 blah. And that's always how client and corporate yeah. work is. Um, so it's hundred percent how it's portrayed. Now I have a little more experience working in the, uh, production industry and commercial world that, um, some creators don't, but I just saw Chipotle did something on TikTok, and it was like the lid flip challenge. And it's to flip the lid on your to go container. Is it dumb? A billion percent. Yes. <laughs> Did it work? Yeah. A billion percent. Yes. Um, that's a whole other thing. Some of the videos I've put like the least amount of effort into for one reason or the other have performed the best out of the ones that I spent weeks editing. So thanks guys. Um, you spend weeks editing certain videos? Back when Vine was a thing and it was, uh, you know, six second videos. Some I would bust out in a day and some would take me a week to do for six seconds. Wow. Absolutely. Now, granted, you know, I'm more experienced now, so maybe I could do it in five days instead of seven. Yeah. Um, or, you know, the tools have gotten a little better, but yeah, hundred percent. So you, I love the content you create. Thank Such you. dope edits. And if you haven't checked it out, you hundred percent should. Do you come up with all the ideas yourself? Yes. Um, How do you do that? How does one, cause one, <laughs> not everyone is creative as you. Uh -huh. So if you were to try to give somebody advice. Yeah. Um, now I will say for some client stuff, sometimes they come to me with like the inkling of an idea and we kind of work through it together. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, I'd say nine out of 10 is even on the lenient side. I do come up with the idea. Um, honestly, sometimes I ask myself the same thing. I don't know how to do it. Um, <laughs> I can, I can get into the one piece of advice, but one, like I can get a little more specific, but I would say it's going to sound so dumb and simple, just create. So about four or five years ago, before Vine had died, um, I had just finished my freshman year of college and I didn't want to go back in my electronics job at Target. I was like, you know what? I was, you know, living at home at the time. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make a Vine a day every day for the whole, for 30 days originally. And, you know, a little six second video. It wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm eating Lucky Charms today, product placement. But it was. Um, I hope they're paying you for that one. Oh, they're not. <laughs> I wish they did. I have done a few Lucky Charms videos and I got one stuck up my nose unintentionally. Um, I had that problem with Tic Tacs when I was little. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, why would you put Tic Tacs up your nose? I don't know. But I'm sure when my mom listens to this, she's going to let me know. It was she's minty fresh. Remind me. Right. It's very painful when the minty fresh is actually painful. When well, it it's like, there. yeah, it's painful just sipping water after you like chewed gum. I don't want it up my nose. Sounds, did you crush it or just do it straight? I was probably five. So, so I think you, I did, you did straight. straight. You, yeah, didn't have, you didn't have the whole mallet thing yeah, down no. by then. You, your hand-eye coordination wasn't there. Um, anyway, so I did a vine a day for 30 days and most were pretty bad. They were the best I could do at the time, to be fair. Um, some were good. I had a few kind of like semi-viral to viral hits. Um, but I, I never amassed more than like 5,200 followers on Vine. Um, but the point is I went from 30 days and ended up doing it for 120, 121, uh, throughout the course of that summer. Um, and I ended up coming out to VidCon, uh, and signed with a company called Collab Creators. And they were kind of, um, you know, this influencer management company. Um, I'm still technically with them today, though. I don't do much with them. 
Um, but point being is I met a bunch of people and that's kind of where my social media started. And all I wanted to do is push my creativity to be creative every single day, even if it's a six second idea, which sometimes is really simple and short, sometimes it's more complex. Um, but push my creativity and push my visual effects and motion and my comedic skills. Cause all my videos always had like a comedic punchline to them. Um, and I'd say about a third to half had an effect in it. Um, now almost all my videos have effects. It's very rare that I don't. Um, but yeah, I, I just created and there's still days, you know, where I was just flustered and I couldn't come up with an idea. I still have that now where I'm on my way to a shoot with a client going, I don't know what we're shooting today, but by the time I get there, sometimes I need sometimes, to see. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. like you need to see it, things change, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I would, I would do that. I had one shoot that I had to go meet Von Miller in Hollywood right after mm-hmm. he just won Super Bowl MVP. I was given the information of he's doing a fashion shoot. I was like, are you going to give me anything else? Of course That's not. A, no, of course not. And you have to see it and then, uh-huh. you, you know, get the visual effects of it and then, yeah. and then start directing people. But I can sympathize. Yeah. Understand. Um, so I just did. Uh, so basically the best advice is create every day. I know it's like vague, but it, that that's all it is. It's find something. What can I do with the resources that I have? Don't look at my videos. Don't look at, I mean, look for inspiration, but don't look at somebody else's videos and be, well, if I had a pool, I could do that kind of video. If I had a couch, I could like, no, what do you have? If you've got a mirror, everybody's got a mirror, yeah. whether it's in your bathroom, whether it's a full body mirror, whether it's a hand mirror, if you got a mirror, I love doing mirror effects. Now that you have to do effects, but like, I love doing mirror stuff. I, a big angle I've tried to take recently is what's something everybody can relate to. Yeah. You know, they always say, oh, make relatable content, make relatable content. And that's very good advice and fun and fine. But I would say, what's something to where like you physically, everybody physically understands how a mirror works. You walk up to it, you see your reflection, that, that's it. Okay, how do I break that? One of my uh, best videos, I just looked, I think it has like 3.7 or just over 4 million uh, views on TikTok is, you know, everybody's uncle did the whole like thumb removal trick. Oh yeah. I can't even, oh, uh, maybe it's like that. I don't know how to do it. <sighs> but you know, everybody did it when you're five, you get a big kick out of it. Well, I've always been, um, you know, very into magic, which kind of goes into the special effects vibes. Which and now explains a lot about your page. Yes. Literally explains so much about I go it. by the digital magician. That is fascinating. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, how did he do it? So yeah. like, I wish, I wish maybe in your spare time, whether you mm-hmm. have any, you should literally do how to's on how you do. Cause I know. I've had a lot of people ask that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you considered it? I've done a couple, but I always kind of do them a little cheeky where you I do, have, yeah. I do another effect. Uh, so I kind of show you how on. to did it and then I, I trick it up. Uh, I've actually done it twice. One of which was this thumb video where, um, you know, I, I, I was wearing a shirt very similar to this where I'm like, yep, nothing's up my sleeve. Take my thumb and I pull it off and I wiggle my hand and my thumb's missing. I go to show you my thumb and it's actually missing. And like, there's, there's a twist. So one, your brain freaks out. You're like, no one should be able to detach their thumb. Yeah. There's not blood. That's not how humans work. Yeah. And then I confuse myself because it's not there. So now it's like funny. And then I kind of leave like staring at the camera like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> and it like it blew up. And it's one of like people tell me all the time it's one of their favorite videos I've done. Um, I did another. So I did a little behind the scenes with that where I set up two cameras. I was like, everyone thought I bent my thumb behind my hand. I, I'm not that flexible. I'm a tall dude. I can't bend. Um, and so I didn't do that. And I was like, no, like you just pop it off like this. You wiggle your hand, you put it back. But when I put it back, I made my entire arm fall off. 
was like, guys, so that's all you do is you just pull off your thumb and put it right back. And then my arm's missing. I'm just talking like it's not happening. <laughs> and I had two cameras so you can see it happen from both angles. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So that was my little how to. But then I like did another trick on top of it to just kind of like, you know, piss people off a little more. Uh, but a good in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you brought something up just now. And I actually just was talking about this with somebody. Mm-hmm. It's a theory I have about social. So one of the reasons the purposes of social is to connect, right? Mm-hmm. It is to have that person to person connection, even if you don't live in the same place. Absolutely. But in my opinion, in order for you to actually succeed in social, whether it's brand, influencer, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you actually have to have a lot of person to person, literally physical human interaction in order mm-hmm. to like succeed. In order to like, hey, I'm at VidCon. I just met this person mm-hmm. and now we're now doing a collab or now we're doing this and now we're doing that. And I think like my theory and let me know what mm-hmm. you think of this is that some of those person to person relationships, those end up going further and they end up blossoming into something that's much bigger. Absolutely. You know, and I'm not sure if that's sort mm-hmm. of helped take into your TikTok world. Uh, yes. So um, I kind of have two angles with that. Um, yes. Obviously, connections, building up connections, working with people is phenomenal. It's helped me gain a lot of followers on Instagram because one of my clients has nearly 11 million followers. So obviously, uh, anything we do together, I catch some clout from that. Um, So there's instances like that that are huge. Uh, And yes, the personal contacts, I've met a bunch of creators doing various TikTok events and everything like that. And we're collaborating, working. Collaboration is great. However, up until... Basically, when I quit five months ago, I did almost all of my videos by myself. If I was lucky enough, I had somebody behind the camera to push the mm-hmm. record button for me or yeah. at least find focus for me because um, I was doing it with a manual lens for a lot of it. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't even doing uh, automatic for about half of the later half when I was in college. I had a nice lens, but it was full manual. Yeah. And so. Um, but the magic tricks are better with manual is what I read. um i mean at at the very least with like the focus focus, most things are set up on manual anyway that's how i shoot but for focus yeah it's kind of annoying to go do a whole thing you go and you're like like a big blah like i I look like the marshmallow man um so yeah the it is great to collaborate and make connections and that can help you grow and blah 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 but you don't need that to get started I'm no, no, no. You don't, no, no. Not. That's and my thing is more mm-hmm. to grow in order to like absolutely. take it to the next level mm-hmm. and sort of get out in the world. Because I felt like a couple years ago, social and maybe we're still exiting this part mm-hmm. of social where it's all, oh, look at this influencer. They're going here and they're doing mm-hmm. that. But like actually now you can't fake the funk anymore. People are going to mm-hmm. like they're going to read through that shit no matter what. And it's actually going about and doing something and doing stuff. Yeah. There's a whole subreddit called Instagram versus reality. And it's literally Instagram versus reality. We're like, you know, they have all the face <laughs> filters and stuff. It's very, it, it's not strictly, but it's almost all like, uh, women influencers using like shape facing filters and stuff like that. And then there's a tag photo where they're like 80 pounds heavier. Um, so there is that, but people see right through that. Um, and also those type of, you know, there's a big headline a couple months ago of this influencer. I don't know the exact number, three or 4 million followers who like couldn't sell 20 t-shirts, but she would get like a couple thousand likes on a photo. And you're like, wow, I wish I got a couple thousand likes. I only get like 24 difference is you only get 24, but you might have four or five, 600 followers. She had 4 million and was getting as many likes as I do at 25,000. 
That's not good. Mm-mm. That's when the numbers matter. But isn't that just also poor marketing? It's poor marketing or it's fake followers. Like, for example, yes, Yes. on that one, for Mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, I was talking with another friend of mine, Jordan, on the podcast about um, he has, you know, like some other friends that have six million followers. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I want to start my own makeup line. They're like, no, because your followers are 90 percent male. Right. So not only are you trying to only, you know, sell Mm -hmm. to the 10 percent female, but who knows if those 10% female are actually going to see your content or are actually going to go out and buy mm. your stuff. Yeah, with that algorithm, I have, you know, I guess 26,000 followers and maybe 1,000 see my content. And then once, like, it gets a couple likes, maybe another 500 see it. Yeah, Instagram is basically like, pay us money or it doesn't work, which is annoying. But um, to go off of that, a third of my followers, because of uh, my client Roz, are Saudi Arabian. Oh, that's fascinating. It's very fascinating. And what's really, really cool is, you know, I've always tried to make my videos uh, for everybody, um, you know, so you can, because I want to make people laugh and smile with my content. But what I've started doing now is trying to do more videos where I don't speak. Now, a lot of people in Saudi Arabia. Isn't that easier? Yes and no. Okay. Because uh, it is in the sense of like, I don't have to worry about audio as much. Yeah. But it isn't in the sense of, okay, now I can't. I have to show you. I can't tell you, which is always kind of like show, don't tell. Um, but sometimes like, I, okay, I can't but set also, up this but joke. I mean, it's more you're, you're marketing to the masses. That's what you're really doing is exactly. you just tailor your content to market exactly. to the masses where instead of them having to figure out or having to translate, you're actually mm-hmm. creating just as good content, mm-hmm. but just tailoring it to, yeah. to now more of your audience. Yeah. And, you know, for all I know, this may have been what I should have been doing five years ago. Yeah. And now this is just the catalyst that's finally making me do it. Now, a lot of those um, Arabic followers understand English. Now, maybe they can only speak a little. Maybe they can speak a lot. Maybe they can just read it or translate, you know, whatever it is. But it, at the very least, it's making me think, okay, how can I reach a more international audience? Not just the Saudi Arabian following I've gotten, but I've got people in Russia. I've got people, which, I mean, you know, Russians know English too, but, um, you know, I've got people in Dubai. I've got people in Peru. Like, I've got all these different followers. I'm like, okay, how do I reach a more international That's audience? That's fascinating. I have a client where we, and a lot of people do this now too, is they actually, maybe it's the inverse of, of that, where mm-hmm. they close caption everything. Yeah. I've seen that be very successful too. So do you think that, Doing no audio is probably the better way to go. Um, now a fun, a fun uh, little statistic we had when I worked at Solve. Um, you know, we always joked we made toilet content. Not that it was bad, but stuff you watched on the toilet or when you're on the train or you're when you have five minutes and you're on your phone and maybe you don't even have headphones. So we always did captions for our episodes and. Um, it had been a while since we got the exact statistic, but roughly 60% of our audience watched what they sound off, which sucks because we had phenomenal sound design and everything. But at the very least, like they could see the text at the bottom and run with it. Now, that's not really something I want to do for my videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen there's one um, account on TikTok. Ironically, one of the two dudes on the account was an actor on Solve. Um, I just organically stumbled upon him on TikTok Small as well. World. Small world. Uh, I don't know his full name. It's AJ, but I don't know. I don't know his full name. Um, but they put captions on all their videos, and they're pretty blatant. Like they're they're very blatant. They're not you know subtle and down. Because also TikTok, TikTok's different in the sense it's all vertical. 
Yes. They want you to fill the screen. The algorithm actually gives you a bad mark if you don't fully fill the screen. Doesn't mean you can't go viral with it. I've had square videos pop off, um, but they want you to do that. But TikTok UI, your username, your comment, the likes and everything, that's overlaid on your video. So you can't really do closed captioning because it will You can, but it's got to be right in the middle of the video. Oh, that sucks. Um, now, for something like me where I kind of need my frames to show you all this kind of cool f- stuff, I could find a way to do it, but I don't want to. Yeah. Um, now, they do comedy videos and they make me laugh. I follow them. I think they're very fun. But it's rare that they do visual comedy or it's rare where their visual comedy relies on like this very thin line of like 100 pixels right here. They can they can work with it, and also since that's their whole style, they work around it. They know what mm-hmm. they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had as I was doing more mm-hmm. research on TikTok. I don't have any clients that mm-hmm. actually use TikTok. So, mm-hmm. and also at the NFL, we didn't use TikTok when I was there. It really, wasn't something in their realm. Right. Do you think now with the new Instagram algorithm tailoring to Insta- IGTV? Granted, this conversation could change in three, five, six months from now. It a could year change from now. in an hour. Do you think that the IGTV move is a way to try to compete with TikTok's audience? You know, I think IGTV, um, ironically, I just posted something on it yesterday. I think IGTV is beyond dead in the water. I think when they re- the moment it came out, it was dead in the water. Um, I think it needs a lot of work. I've heard this, um, repeated from a lot of different people, both on the creator influencer side and the more logistical side. Um, I remember we had a meeting at solve cause it came out like the day of we had our big, we had an all hands, like every Tuesday, it mm-hmm. came out like that Monday or Tuesday. And it was a whole, like, what do you think of this Instagram TV? And most of my coworkers were like, yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's got these big potential. I think it's going to be all this stuff. And, you know, I kind of went against the grain and maybe it came off as, you know, a little bit of a dick, but when it was grain, I was like, I think it's horrible. I was like, I'm going to blatantly say, I think it's really, really bad. One, it's clunky. I think it's gotten a little better, but it's clunky. Originally it was a separate app and now it's inside of their app with just how their boomerang thing was. But it's great if you want to post videos longer than a minute. It's phenomenal for that. But do you think people are actually paying attention? No. Yeah. I don't think so either. No. And it, 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 I don't think Instagram knows what they're wanting to do with it yet, or it's at least not to where they want it to be yet. I think it's very in beta form. They're just not saying that. And so I think since Instagram doesn't know what they want to do, nobody else does. Um, I'm sure there's They're just some- doing it because I know for a fact that mm-hmm. if, if you put up an IGTV video, it's more than likely actually going to get higher up in the newsfeed of your followers. Hands down. That's fair. Yeah, uh, that's probably very, very true because typically apps, when they release a new feature, uh, LinkedIn just kind of revamped their whole hashtag thing. And so anybody uses hashtags, you get more views and stuff there. But um, apps, whenever they come out with a feature, they want you to use it and they will favor videos and mm-hmm. content that does. That's very fair. Um, like my IGTV video performed about the same as my other videos normally do. Um, at least like on average yesterday, but like when I, at least personally, now maybe this is just me and maybe other people use social media differently is when I see a video and it's like three minutes, 43 seconds, you know, tap on this, keep watching on IGTV. I'm like, nah, yeah. like now maybe if your first 15 seconds was super captivating, okay, you got me, you got me in the front door, but if it wasn't, uh, it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of time to commit on social media for it to me be like, yeah, 
So as someone that's been in the space, you've worked mm-hmm. with Snapchat, you you do a lot on Instagram, mm-hmm. you work with TikTok. Where do you see social media going, whether it's in the near future, uh-huh. like, you know, later future? What do you see in store? Um, I think Instagram is going to be a big, a big powerhouse for a while. I think because it's owned by Facebook, it will very, very, very gradually, like maybe a half a percent a year for a while, like deteriorate. Um, and I think it's going to, I think it's going to, it's going to stagnate. And I think people are going to, there's going to be new apps coming in. Um, just like I said, you know, Snapchat, their stock price has increased like $12 over the last year. Snapchat's trying to do all this new stuff. They're trying to do their own shows. They've got shows on there. They're trying to produce their own stuff. TikTok is a big powerhouse right now. That's got some massive plans and they're finally kind of right where they want to be, where they've got this older audience, they're promoting stuff. Um, they invited, you know, myself and about 11 or 12 other creators to Vegas to work with Marshmallow at like a massive nightclub in Vegas. Like the, literally the newest. Club. I know. I saw you posted a ton of amazing content. I mostly love uh-huh. the one with the um, gummy bear. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I could. And then that's when I went down the rabbit hole. of uh-huh. like, oh, who is that? Who's in that video? Oh, it's the Saudi Arabian model. And- yeah. And that was at a TikTok after party. That was at VidCon. I didn't even go to VidCon. Uh, Roz and I went to the after party mm-hmm. and filmed. I was like, okay. Um, and actually my contact at TikTok helped me out on that. She was the one that actually threw the big, um, gummy bear for me, but that was fun. Cause I didn't have a tripod. I just like had a camera. I was like, okay, what can I do here? So you can do that stuff without a tripod. <laughs> Sometimes. Yes. Um, so when I shot with the marshmallow, I shot two videos with marshmallow. Uh, one I had to use a tripod for, um, and the second one, I, it would have been helpful if I did. I didn't absolutely have to, which is convenient because about 40 minutes before we were there, they said, uh, no equipment today. Uh, you know, classic, just like what you were talking yeah, about. We're like Von Miller. They're like, um, I don't know. He's there. You have a camera, make something. Which sometimes you're like, okay, I get to make something. Sometimes like, we also had like 40 minutes for about 12 of us to shoot our videos. And oh, wow. Yeah. And some of these creators are very, very, um, they're very, very creative and they're very good at what they do. Uh, but they're, and I don't like, this is going to come off negative, but like their videos don't take as much work. Not in the sense that they're not good, but like their comedy or their skits. So they can just film everything in camera, edit it right there and post it of within course, like. You create magic and that requires more, probably more apps than just your phone. Yeah, exactly. I, I edit literally nothing on my phone. I edit everything, um, you know, on my computer using various Adobe programs. And again, it's not that either thing's better than the other. It's, it's like a painter using different types of brushes or paint or, you know, canvas compared to, you know, anything like, yeah, it's, it's just a different way of creating art. Um, but my stuff takes a little bit longer, whether it does better. Actually, I had the least amount of followers of everybody there. So if that tells you anything, (laughs) um, but I was just like, uh, Okay, there's actually one other visual effects creator there, and he he did like a very creative jump cut that was kind of fun. It was a trend that went around where you would like look in the mirror and you drop your phone, and as it would drop, you'd do a jump cut as it crossed like the counter, and it would be upside down and like like slow motion bounce back up to somebody else. So he held it, dropped it, it came up, turned into marshmallow. Yeah, looks cool, but you're like, I can do that. Everybody can do that. And so my stuff took a little bit more time, which is funny because actually when I got back, they're like, great. So when we need your videos by like noon on Monday. And this was at like 11 on Monday. And I was like, 
these videos are going to take me three days. And they're like, well, we need them now. So they didn't tell you this stuff before? Of course not. <laughs> and like, I'm so wait, very okay. grateful and everything, but. Okay, so take me through. People just don't understand this weekend. Because some people actually don't understand the expectations or what influencers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that word. I know you don't like that one. But, <laughs> but, okay. but with TikTok, because you were there uh-huh. as a TikTok influencer, mm-hmm. you told me like right before this podcast, you got notified a couple of days out. Then mm-hmm. you got on a flight to Vegas and take mm-hmm. me through kind of the timing expectations just from like a content creator standpoint. Yeah. So I found out about six days before and they were like, if you can get yourself to Vegas, we've got the rest covered. I was like, great. I just got a brand new car. Let's go. Um, <laughs> so I drove, but they also said no plus ones. And I didn't listen to that rule. Uh, Cause one, I had a friend I wanted to take with me and was basically like, I have to go do this thing. If you can entertain yourself, then Which, like come I mean, along. Which is Vegas, she could do. Yeah. Um, but actually, it ended up working out great because she was very helpful. She helped me with a. She helped me kind of like walk through my ideas and everything because I was just like, okay, what ideas can I do to where? Because I knew I was gonna have literally two minutes with them. Now we had like 40, 45 minutes total, but there were twelve of us. I was like, I've got two minutes. I can maybe do a take two. How can I? But do you this? did, and you did a couple, right? Two videos or three videos with him? Um, I did three I marshmallow, marshmallow videos, marshmallow but ones. two with him. Got it. Um, so we filmed one at the nightclub, literally at like midnight, right before we went to the nightclub, and then the next day he DJed at the day club, which was like this outdoor yep. pool. Yeah. Um, and we filmed right before his set into that. Um, and we didn't even find out we were going to film with him at the day club until literally we were waiting to film with him. The night before they're like yeah i think we're gonna do like another hour tomorrow so if you got any like day club ideas which is fun because you're like yeah. great i get to go meet them again i get to like you know interact with them again and all this stuff but you're kind of like okay but that's how these things work not only are we working with uh, you know all these different creators and this big app company but they're working with the hotel and the club which i mean you see palms and chaos billboards everywhere especially even if you go to in like, la which even is in la everywhere because uh, chaos just opened in like april it is literally the newest nightclub there they're trying to do, uh i mean marshmallow is basically the face of it but there's cascade uh geezy was just there in the third i think there's cardi Skrillex. b has a and cardi b has a minimal one or minimal yeah I, i've yeah. seen um i've seen videos of her there too so you know it's this absolutely huge thing so you're working with all the people putting on the day club, plus the hotel, plus all this. Plus you're working with Marshmallow, you're working with all his people, you're working with his schedule, you're working with his management team. And everybody, like genuinely, everybody from Marshmallow himself to all the creators, to the team, to the hotel, everybody was super dope and everybody did their job phenomenally. And it it was stressful, but everybody was so, so cool. And everybody was on their A game and we nailed it. And it was, there wasn't like one person I left there being like, I hope I never see, like, Everybody was phenomenal, which is great yeah. working with that stressful and that many like high profile people. But all that being said is there's a lot of things that happen a second before they happen. Like they're decided and then it happens and then you're out. One Somebody there had uh, another creator had like a mock marshmallow head that was not an exact replica, but pretty close. And they're like, you can't bring that. He's like, I brought this thing to Vegas because like we're going to do all these fun. He used it in one video, but at the day club, they're like, no, we're not going to. Yeah. We can't let anybody yeah, yeah, bring yeah. a bag around, blah, 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 which I get. It's their thing. It's their venue. Do whatever. But it was the thing. He's like, OK, well, I got to. I think that's why he went and did the mirror video, because he's like, I had this idea. And literally, as we're walking to the day club, they're like, no, nah, I take it back, which is stressful. So like if, if he sees this, I didn't mean to like hate on the idea or anything because it, it came out well. But it was one of those things he, he improvised very, very quickly. And yes, it was a jump cut, but I did a very easy jump cut. And actually of my three marshmallow videos, that's it's the one he's not in. I mean, he's kind of behind me in the background, but it's not the one I like filmed with him. 
and it was just creative jump cuts and like half the people have seen my videos said that's their favorite again i was like the videos <laughs> i put the least amount of effort into perform the best don't you love how this work that works out all the time all the time i always ask this to people mm-hmm. um i don't know it's not like a common theme but mm-hmm. i'm also very much uh more in the realm of telling people that it's okay to fail and oh, sharing fails have you mm-hmm. or do you have a fail that you can share that you think you know the um, audience can appreciate yeah, so this is this is a really um, this was a big one because this was going to be a big like pivotal moment for me. So um, you know, social media is always going to be near and dear to my heart. But like I've said a few times, I've always been kind of a visual effects industry person yeah. first. Um, so I want to move into the creative director world, and I love doing commercial content both on social, both on TV. I've got experience working with Nike and Jordan, doing all types of stuff, flying across the country. Uh, name drop. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just trying to I give know, experience. I know. I know. Um, but all that being said, we were we were working on this project, um, and I got to kind of be the social creative lead for it. Basically, like half a, it was a big pitch deck with a very professional studio with a very huge professional multi billion dollar client potential client, um, and you know half of the pitch deck had my videos in it and as like reference that we sent to them and I was on the phone call and all that stuff and they really, really liked our ideas, but we didn't win the job, which happens all the time. Yeah. Um, but I was like, this was kind of going to be my big first, like break into that creative director world. And I just turned 23. If I'm getting anything as a creative director at 23, that is like phenomenal. That is beyond. So, you know, I went into this being like, you know, there's a hundred percent chance, not a hundred percent, but like there's a very, very, very good chance that this is going to fail. This is not going to work out. Uh, but I learned so much and I was in over my head on a few things and, you know, some things I could have done better, some things I messed up, um, some things I knocked out of the park. And, you know, I was, I was a little worried to like go back to the, you know, the actual creative director of the studio and the executive producer and stuff like that. But I just played basketball with him last night and it was like, cool. We were talking about working together more and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, he was saying, he's like, yeah, like I've been, my win ratio this year is not good. Like yeah. not mine personally, but his, and he's a very experienced executive producer in this industry with a shit ton of connections. And so that kind of made me feel like, you know, I hate to hear that he's losing, but like that did make me feel better that like people that have done this and have made businesses and he's got a family that he supports on all this. Like even he fails all the time. And I've always been an advocate of like, yeah, you got to fail. There's mm-hmm. always a reason to not do something, but it doesn't mean you got to listen to it. Yeah. Everybody fails. You know, I always say, you know, life sucks most of the time and some days you have good days. And like, that's a little negative, but the, the, the spin on that is like, yeah, bad things happen. You fail, you mess up, you screw up, you ruin relationships, friendships, whatever it is. But like, what can you learn from that? Cause you can sit in pity and I'm not saying here I'm invulnerable to that. There's days where I'm just like, man, I've not had a solid idea for like this whole week. I'm just sitting here like doing nothing and playing Xbox, like doing nothing. And there's days where I'm like, I have so many ideas. I'm literally sitting on videos that I can't wait to post. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes in waves and that's part of the creative wave. But yeah, failure happens all the time. So losing that was, you know, kind of a kind of a blow. And off the top of my head, I can't think of any, but there there are a bunch. But I think that's a big point is I've had a bunch that like in the moment really, really, really sucked. And now I can't even think of them. Yeah. I mean that in the best way. Yeah. I had one where recently I went on a shoot and one of not this one, but one of mm-hmm. my mics wasn't like plugged in properly. So then when mm-hmm. I went to listen to it, it had this loud screeching noise the entire time. I was like, oh, come on. You cannot oh, be serious. Equipment never works. Oh, equipment um, never works. Okay. So what's next for Denver? 
What's next for me? I'm almost done uh, traveling for both business and personal stuff. So once I get back in town uh, later next week, uh, I just finished up my reel this past Friday. So just a couple days ago, updated my resume, my website and everything. I've kind of done the whole like the next gen of Denver, I mm -hmm. guess, because I've actually never even updated my reel since I've been in LA. So all my LA work is finally in it and it's phenomenal. I love it. Very, very happy and proud of it. And so now, like I'm trying, like I just said, I'm trying to move more into the creative director world. So I'm gonna definitely take on more social media clients. Um, my social media stuff's not gonna stop, but I'm wanting to get my feet in the door with a lot more production studios and do more commercial work. I've got friends that are really talented creative directors, creative writers that just work on these multi-million-dollar budgets and they just knock it out of the park. And like they're my like Fortnite buddies, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, like they do these huge things. So I just want to. Um, I'm going to pursue that a lot more and get a lot more deeper into the industry and make those connections and really hit the commercial world hard. I got to ask, I mean, mm -hmm. if you're looking for a creative director job, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of your stuff that goes on your TikTok or your own personal pages mm -hmm. takes time to create. Mm -hmm. like, Absolutely. Are you, do you think that you're going to have a tough time balancing it? Yeah. Part of the reason I quit Solve was I couldn't do my personal stuff anymore. I literally was so mentally and physically exhausted that I just wasn't creative. I've made so many more videos since then. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, you know, that's definitely gonna take a hit because at the end of the day, no matter who you are, you have 24 hours. Yeah, um, of course. You only have so many creative juices. Yeah, and I already don't sleep very well as it is. So if I'm getting less hours of sleep, I can only function oh. so much. But it happens. You know how you grow and hit puberty and then everything hurts <laughs> when you're like 12? Um, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely going to slow down. But with freelancers, peaks and valleys. There is Everyone says, and you know this too, being freelance, there's feast and famine. There's, you know, mm -hmm. times where you're like, I have so much work. I need to hire a bunch of people. And there's times where like, somebody please hire me. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of love that. Well, it's terrifying. I know. But I love it. I know. Um, I am with you. Trust uh -huh. me. Six months out. I totally understand. <laughs> um, Denver, thank you so much for coming on. And Absolutely. please check out. All this stuff out Thank at you. Denver McQuaid on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, everywhere. I'm the only person in the world with my name. So Google me and you'll find all my stuff. Sounds like a cartoon character. It Has does. I never told I, you that? Yes. I get that often. <laughs> I get, I'm, I'm named after a city. I was not born or conceived in Denver. And every bouncer tries to bend my ID until it breaks. Of but course. it's very real. I don't think it's like, <laughs> no offense. I don't think it's like superhero status, but I definitely think it's like cartoon Status, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a little ducktails or something. <laughs> I love ducktails. I have never seen it, but that's okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social Media Unlock. Please take a moment to review this podcast in the iTunes store. If you want to learn more about me and my social media experience, go to www.heather.pink or find me on Instagram at heatherpink27. And if you're looking for help in creating a social media department or building a social media brand, my consulting agency Pink Deer is here to help. Visit www.pinkdeerllc.com for more info.